Have you ever had to suffer the consequences of disobedience? Do the scars of disobedience still remain in your life today? Hmm. If someone were to ask you, would you go that route again? I bet you would answer, no way. Just like I would answer you, no way. I know exactly how I feel when I remember what disobedience brought me. Hi there, this is Anne Ajadi with their Anne, and this is the Walk With Me series. We're walking the road to the cross of Calvary, the way of power this Easter season. And today, we're going to be looking at lessons that we learn in disobedience. See, I grew up in a home where storytelling was an item. My mother... Always, 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 always. My mother would tell stories almost every night. And trust me, all those stories have lessons in mind. She never sat any of her children down to say, look, let me teach you this lesson. No, my mother never did that. She would call you, maybe some other persons, whoever is around at that time. And then she would tell all these stories that, one, they were nice stories, you never really, you know, when she sets out, she never tells you that's where she's going. But her stories are designed to force you to think and to make you come to conclusions without aid. So I've, I grew up having that ingrained in my culture and that has allowed me to love the parables of Jesus. I'm more inclined to piece apart any information, deduce the why, the where, the how, the when, and the what. And that's exactly what I want us to do today as we journey on this road to the cross, the road to power. We need to learn the lessons that ought to be learned about obedience. Jesus had been dialoguing with the scribes and Pharisees for a bit and it was obvious that they thought of themselves as the covenant recipients. They bragged about the same, but they were willing to invest in what it entails. Doesn't that remind you of some people around you today? They know where every other person should go, just that they won't go there. I'd like to read you a portion of scripture. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said, to, said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus told them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. That was recorded in the book of Matthew chapter 21 verses 28 to 32. Just like my mother's stories were told with lessons in mind, the parables of Jesus were designed to let us know in no uncertain times what God expects for us in our walk with him. 
So let us look at the why of this parable. Now, responding to Jesus' accusation of Jesus' dealings, he retorted by disclosing that a prophet is not without honor. In other words, okay, so he's trying to teach all these lessons, and these people are not, they are not even inclined to, be, to listen to him at all. You know, it was like, who is this guy? Who does he think? Who does he think he is? And where did he even start his ministry that he now presumes to be telling us what to do? But my dear, that's an aside. I don't even know why I had to go and I had to digress like that. But let us return to the parable of the two sons. The father approached the first son. That son responded rudely, like, please leave me alone. I don't really want, I don't have time. I don't want to do this thing. This thing you're asking me to do, I'm not doing. And the Bible records that he was older. That meant he had some rights that the other son did not have. Though he was the older son, his response would have been a shock to his father because really, first sons, first sons are supposed to be the father's heart, you know, their strength, all of those kind of emotions that go with having first sons. So you would have imagined that the shock would have meant that the father would think, look, this boy, I'm going to punish him. Maybe it's just because I've been playing with him since or he thinks that because he's the first son, I cannot do, I cannot, you know, deal with him. Because the son really had no reason to respond in the way he responded. You know, he was talking to the father. And the father's intention, can you imagine somebody that is going to give you all the inheritance, everything he ever worked for, comes down to you, asks you to do something, and then you're, 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 you're telling him, and rudely too, that you cannot do it. For me, the way I grew up, <laughs> you dare not. You dare, in fact, you can't even think it. So I imagine that if you answered my mother like that, you would collect a very correct backhand. You know, the type that when they finish slapping you, you will see all the stars that will will recalibrate your senses one time. You know? So, hey, let us stretch our imagination a little further. Seeing that the father did not respond negatively he decided that you know what i will come back to you let me go to the second son because really he needed what he needed so if it is in my house (laughs) there's serious trouble waiting for that first son that action will force some serious thinking the older son would have thought this one that papa did not talk that means that uh, the trouble that will meet me later today is not so he thought hmm, maybe I really have passed my boundaries. So he, he changes his mind and goes ahead and does what his father wanted. Now the second son who was very polite, civil, already promised that he was going to do what the father wanted, ended up not doing what the father asked him to do. Now, Jesus' question was, in these two scenarios, which is more heartbreaking? The one who at first said he wasn't going to do it and ended up doing it, or the one who 
you know, was very enthusiastic about going about to do what the father wanted and ended up not doing it. Now, that the answer is pretty obvious, I'm sure. You see? But you would have thought that as simple as that answer is, many of us will take our cues and understand that nothing is guaranteed. Yes, there is the possibility you are potentially, you, you, the, the, the platform has been set for you as a child of God to manifest the kingdom of God, but that comes at some conditions. The condition being that you continue to obey the Father. If you refuse to obey the Father, what is waiting for you is punishment. It does not matter what your pedigree is, whether you are first or last son, it does not matter. What qualifies you, what keeps you in the body, in the kingdom, is obedience to the Master's will. Doing what God wants done. You cannot rewrite the rules always remember that you cannot rewrite the rules and God will not bend for man. We are created for God's pleasure. God does not work for us. We are the one who works for God. God doesn't need us. In other words, look, if you drop dead today, life will go on. Someone else will fill your spot and they will do a better job at it. So what should we learn what what is our take home from this story my dear be mindful mind yourself take heed to yourself no understand this that the first shall be the last what jesus said to the pharisees who were listening to him is that you claim that abraham is your father you are the real owners of the covenant be toying with it that's how outsiders will come and take over your place you know jesus said to them prostitutes tax collectors will come and take over your place if you claim that you love god and you don't do what god wants please what kind of love is that and jesus said if you love me you would obey my commands. And if you're already going in the wrong way, the smart thing to do, the wise thing to do is cause correct. Change your mind, turn around and move in the right way. Don't excuse your frailties. The other thing that we learn is that it doesn't matter how you start. How you end is crucial. So like this younger son who started with, look, I'm not doing Oh, I'm going to do and now ends up not doing. That one, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you will not get the reward you're supposed to get. Another thing we need to learn is you don't qualify for the kingdom because you have a ranking or because you came first or you came last. That's not what qualifies you. What qualifies you is the fact that you obey the master's commands. And I like this one. Do not write off anyone. So they may be miscreants and all of that. I actually can't tell you why I love that particular one. Because really, I'm one of six children. And if they ask my mother then which of her children she would like to discard, it would be me because I was that much trouble. But look at me now smug doing my father's will I'm the ah 
complete turnaround from what I used to be. Don't write off anyone and understand again God will not bend his rule because of you. If you're a child of the covenant, obedience is your hallmark. If you will refuse to obey, the word says you will not eat the good of the land. So if you really want to eat the good of the land that God has created, then you need to obey God. There are no two ways around it. There's no shortcuts to it. There is no, oh, I want there's another. No, you cannot bend God's rules. Once you understand that, then life will be a lot easier for you. There will be no need to suffer unnecessarily. There will be no need to have to wait on ending for things that naturally should come your way. So, my dear friend, what should we be doing? Make up your mind today that you are going to obey God, no matter what it costs you, no matter how inconvenient that is, that you are going to obey God because that's the only way you can have reward. God does not reward people who will not go with him. So, if you really want God on your side, obey his rules. Follow his ways to the letter. Don't craft your own. Don't be cunning about how you go about obeying God's word. You know, what I find interesting is, instead of saying sorry, and this is just by way of example, instead of saying sorry, some people would rather fast. Which one is easier? To just say sorry and go about your duties or fast and be praying all night prayers that is going nowhere by the way so how about you humble yourself go the way of god this one that we're walking the road to power understand this you can't have power because the person who's going to give you power has his own rules has his own regulations if you don't obey him he will not give you what you think you should have and without power in this world you cannot function Understand that you cannot function. What are you going to move? Do you know where your enemy lives? Do you know what power is available to your enemy? So how will you face your enemy if you don't have power? And how will you get power if the person who's going to give you power is not pleased with you? So my dear friends, stop fooling around. Stop fooling around. Let's stop messing around. Let's go the way of God. Let's do what God has asked us to do so that life can be easy for us. I always say to you, have you not suffered enough? I'll leave you with that today. Now, whilst we're at that, have you gotten your copy of Walk With Me in the Way in the Footsteps of Jesus yet? Or Strength for the Journey? Those two books will help you this season. They're available on Amazon. And if you don't want to get them on Amazon, you can get directly in touch with me at on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. DM me is at Anne Ajadi, A-N-N-E-A-J-A-D-I or A-R-N-A-J-A-D-I. Either of them will bring you directly to me and we can take it from there. Understand this, there is no shortcut to God. Obedience is pivot in this walk to the road 
of power. God bless you. Understand this. I love you. But God loves you more.